Hi, uh, Jonathan here. I think I made it back on time, five past seven. Um, as promised, doing an evening one, I'm actually at home and seven o'clock is quite a busy time here and I have given everyone strict instructions to leave me in peace, but I cannot guarantee that will happen. So um, I've got my eye on the door and I apologise now for the behaviour of my family if anything um, untoward crops up during this broadcast. Um, so I've got some more questions to answer, which is fantastic, which is great. So I'll be, uh, I'm going to go through those. And um, uh, Theresa's here, so I, think, I see you've asked a question. So I was going to do yours later on, but I'll do it now since you're here. Um, so you're asking about uh, weeping from the wounds uh, nearly a week post breast reduction. Is it normal? Um, pretty much yes, I'd say. Weeping a week post breast reduction is uh, is quite normal. Breast reduction is a big operation. It's significantly different to um, breast implants and it does take a while for everything to heal up. I normally... Uh, um, oh dear! <laughs> Normally, um, Mark, I can't seem to view anything. I, I, uh, can you hear? Can you hear it, Mark? Uh, to be honest, Mark, I've never seen it on the other side, so I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about not being able to view anything. Um, I'm going to give you a thumbs up, and I. I'm hoping that some setting on your computer can be a... I can see and hear... Oh, there you go. Definitely thumbs up for that then. So Kaylee can see and hear me. So maybe... I'll tell you what, Mark. Turn your computer off and on again. That's the IT advice that I can bring. Um, mm -hmm. Go on the forum and click on the live link. Presumably he's done that, though. Um... So, back on track. Uh, hoping to get you back here soon, Mark. Um, yeah, breast reduction is quite a big op. So, uh, I normally do dressings for a week. And um, then you don't normally need the dressing after that. But it's not unusual to get weeping classically from the T-junction at the, at the bottom uh, or the T-junction at the top where the, the, the vertical scar meets the uh, scar around the nipple. Um, and that's why I normally just give you some gauze to wear in your bra. Uh, obviously, if there's a lot, if it's bloody, and if it's uncomfortable and painful, then uh, I need to see you. But if it's sort of relatively clear and it's just a little stain on the dressing, then I wouldn't worry about that at all. It's quite normal. Sometimes you get a bit of breakdown down at the T-junction, uh, particularly the lower one where the uh, horizontal scar meets the vertical scar. Uh, and the wound can open up a little bit there. Don't worry about it. By all means, I'll see you if it happens, but don't worry about it. Often what people do is they go to the GP. The GP says it's infected, gives you antibiotics. You'll go to A&E and they give you antibiotics and you get a bit, people get a bit worried about that sort of thing. So I do say that if you can, come back and see me if you've got a problem because um, I see it all the time, whereas um, the GP may only see it once in a while. So <clears throat> a week post-op, a little bit of uh, weeping from the wounds, not too worry about that and yes if it's clear then um don't worry that's normal and uh, it's just everything healing healing up and, and uh knitting together if it gets red and angry or anything like that then let us know 
But that's all fine. Mark, I was going to uh, um, talk about your question, so I don't know if you're here, but I think this is still available. This will be available on the um, group. I'm not sure if it's for a limited time, but it's definitely there. Afterwards, you're back, Mark, so hopefully you can hear and see me, but if you're welcome. But if not, um, it will be it will be here, so you'll be able to look back at this. Um, uh, gynecomastia, um, probably the weight, yo-yo dieting, up and down. Um, oh, you're in, good. <laughs> um, this is a problem, and I think uh, what I would say is that a gynecomastia is quite a, um, an expensive procedure it's quite a, a significant procedure and with any sort of surgery that I do any sort of body contouring surgery what I do is I try and reset you and get you to a better place uh, and but I can't protect you from the future so if things happen in the future and weight is a major thing surgery will not protect you from your body changing in the future so you could spend an awful lot of money having things the way you just would like them um, but then if you go on and put put on weight it may all come back again um, or, or at least a lot of people worry and they say oh will it come back you know gynecomastia they, particularly if you do liposuction they say oh if you do liposuction it comes back doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't come back when you do liposuction or however you remove the tissue whether it's by liposuction or by excision you remove that tissue and that tissue never comes back again because it's in a bottle somewhere or it's in a pot somewhere but there is still some tissue there you don't don't remove all of the fat from that area of your body so there's still some fat cells there um we all have um we all have uh, i'm going to make a note of that sammy um we all have a certain amount of fat cells uh, in our body and fat people just have those fat cells are bigger than thin people so we've all got the same number of fat cells but whether you're fat or thin it depends on how big those fat cells are so when you do surgery to remove fat you remove a certain amount of fat cells but there's still fat cells left behind so if you do put on weight after surgery then you can um, get a recurrence of the problem and the really big thing this yo-yo dieting is a real problem because putting on weight and losing weight is the thing that does it putting on weight everything gets bigger and then you lose weight and the fat gets smaller but the skin doesn't recoil the skin doesn't recoil and tighten and the skin gets stretched so you can have surgery now get everything removed get everything nice and tight but then if you put on weight in the future um, it, it will come back so that, that I would say to you you need to get that, um, ad that that problem addressed first and I would not advise you have surgery I think really if you if you realistically can't get plateaued and stable with your weight you need to be stable and comfortable with your weight before having surgery um, those are the, the, the two things about the weight before surgery one is you've got to get your weight down to a certain level to make it safe to um, to uh, thank you thanks very much oh god delete the comment then <laughs> um one you've got to um have it to a safe degree so that you because if your weight is too high then you've got a higher risk of complications like weight uh, like a pneumonia wound uh, healing problems so you need to and that i normally work on a bmi of 30 for that if you're weak if you're, then um you, no i've got a poor wireless I'm, or wireless at home. Um, what level did you get to? Two percent. I don't know what percent. 
Um, I work on BMI. A lot of people say, oh, BMI. Um, a lot of people say BMI um, isn't accurate. I'm just writing down the questions because they will scroll on. Um, because of, of muscle mass, muscle has more mass and you can have a high BMI and be very fit. And I totally understand that. And that's why I'm not too strong on uh, rooting it down to a BMI of 30. If you have surgery on the NHS, they're very strong on the BMI and they don't accept anything else. You have to have a certain BMI. I take people as I see them and I will take the history and take things into account. But nevertheless, the higher your weight, the more you risk of complications. But the other thing about the weight, and perhaps more important, is having weight fluctuations after surgery. No matter what what your weight is if you have weight fluctuations after surgery then um yeah you're welcome then uh, it's gonna it's gonna affect the result and you, you, you're probably not going to be happy i can scroll <laughs> okay i just nearly deleted things a minute ago when i tried to scroll so just a bit uh don't worry about that um the other thing you said mark was about uh i, I do remember you yes i do i do I, I know yes i think to be honest mark i think these comments everyone can see them so um, <laughs> I, do, I, I said to the team, I, I, I knew that was you. Um, the other thing about the thing is you said uh, dieting and then removal of the skin afterwards. Um, when you do gynecomastia, there's three things. There's fat, fatty tissue, breast tissue and skin. And I usually try and just address the fatty tissue and the breast tissue and hope that the skin recoils afterwards. So dieting might improve your situation to a degree that you're comfortable with. If you truly have got too much skin afterwards, you can remove the skin and you can tighten the skin. The problem with removing skin for gynecomastia is that the scarring is more obvious. When you don't remove skin, the scarring is really, really hard to see. It really fades really nicely. But uh, when you remove skin, it is more obvious. And if it comes to that, then I can show you photos of the scarring. But I do warn people, if you do go removing skin uh, with a gynecomastia correction, then the scarring is a little bit more obvious so it's to be honest i would err, i try and err on the side of not doing that and just removing the tissue and hoping the skin recoils but me removing the tissue is often the same as you dieting the problem comes is a lot of people will diet and find that that tissue doesn't go because although it may be fat it uh, it's resistant to dieting and there's certain areas of the body which are resistant to dieting and that is where liposuction comes in liposuction is not a weight loss um treatment and i'm going to segue into Rena's question here how much lipo can I have liposuction is not a I love liposuction I love doing liposuction I've just been doing liposuction this afternoon and I think it's a fantastic thing and I love doing it and it's great but a candidate for liposuction is someone is not someone who's overweight it's for someone who's lost weight um, but has got resi or, or, or maybe has not lost weight it's just always a certain body shape and has got resistant areas of fat that they can't get rid of and there's certain areas which liposuction works really well that's the um, the outer thighs the hips the the chest area um, these areas really respond well because the skin tends to retract afterwards it is not a weight loss procedure um, and uh, if someone's overweight, then the answer is you do um, the, the answer for any sort of when someone comes to see me as a doctor, I try and give them the advice. You want to have the most minimal procedure that you can to get the result that you want with the least complications. And if you're overweight, that's losing weight because there's not much complications with that. You don't really want to have surgery to lose weight. So um as a rule, liposuction is not for losing weight. How much lipo can I have? Uh, slightly, slightly worrying question there. Um, you have as much as you need. 
Um, now, a high volume liposuction, if you want figures, high volume. Okay, I got your stomach. Okay. Uh, high volume liposuction. So if you're getting up to sort of five liters, then that's high volume liposuction. You've got to be really careful. Um, liposuction can be. Um, liposuction can be. Um, you can, can get fluid shifts after liposuction. Um, and so you've got to monitor patients afterwards if they're having several liters of liposuction because you need to replace the fluid with a drip in your hand. So that's why you shouldn't really go home if you're having a large volume of liposuction. But, uh, okay. Um, and so, um, so you have got to be careful with a large volume of, um, of liposuction with regards to fluid shifts. And, uh, but as I say, it's really for, um, it's really how much you need, but, um, uh, but, and because it's limited to certain areas, at least in my practice, I don't tend to do huge, large volume of liposuction. Uh, is there a chance of heavy bleeding with lipo? Not look. Saw Dawn Porter have her arm done and she had a reaction. Her arm was black. Yes. Liposuction in the old days, what they used to do is they used to put a cannula in and suck. Uh, and there was a huge amount of bleeding and it was very bad thing to do and, and they stopped doing it uh, and, and it was terrible so what we now do is we do something called tumescent liposuction which means we inject fluid a lot of fluid in before we suck it back out again the fluid has got a local anesthetic in it and it's also got uh, adrenaline in it which which helps to stop the bleeding but the main thing is the tumescence of the fluid the amount of fluid in there significantly releases the amount of reduces the amount of bleeding you get with liposuction having said that the other thing with the liposuction the cannula is blunt it's a, it's a blunt ended cannula so it doesn't traumatize the blood vessels too much so you try not to get too much bleeding with liposuction but certainly when you're getting into these high volumes when you're taking you know several liters of liposuction there is a, a risk of uh, of bleeding um, and and that can manifest itself in a couple of ways one can be bleeding at the time of surgery that's not so common that's big vessels being damaged um, and you and you get bleeding you have to put a drain in and you may have to open things up and stop the bleeding that that's not so common but more common is small vessel bleeding and that is bruising basically and that's why her arm might have been black um, because the, you can get significant bruising to the tissues and that is a small amount of blood in the tissues um, and it's very common to get you can be black and blue basically after liposuction incisions are very small but it can be quite traumatic to the area um, and you can be quite bruised and swollen um, afterwards um, oh you were asking the question about your stomach um, I can lipo is not for excess skin after twins my stomach no you're absolutely right so um, that a lot of people come to me and want liposuction for the stomach um, I um, you're welcome I um in my hands, liposuction to the stomach is pretty limited as to what it can do because liposuction removes fat. It doesn't do anything for the skin. And often the problem with the stomach is skin. The skin gets stretched, as I say, and the skin doesn't recoil quite so well as it does in other areas like the hips and the, and the thighs. It's, it does recoil a lot better in those areas. And the stomach... Um, and the stomach is not such an area that uh, the skin responds so well uh, with. So what can happen is when you remove the fat from the, um, from, the, from the stomach after liposuction, you can actually make the problem worse because if you still have the skin, because that's the problem when you have twins or when you have children at all, it's the same as putting on weight. 
having the children's fi- having the children there is fine. Putting on weight is fine. It's losing the weight or delivering the child that gives you the problem because the skin gets stretched when you have the child in there. When you have the, t- the twin um, pregnancy, it gets stretched a lot. Then the twin pregnancy is delivered, and then that skin doesn't recoil, and you're left with redundant skin. It's usually not really a fat problem. Um, it's it's the skin that's the problem, and that's why you need a tummy tuck. A tummy tuck removes the skin. Now, the problem with the tummy tuck is a big operation. It's a big scar, and I, and I understand why a lot of people think, oh, my goodness me, I'm not having a tummy tuck. So, well, it's fine. But in my hands, uh, it's limited what you can do with liposuction. Having said that, there are types of liposuction that might be able to help. Something called VASA, like laser with a V. They're assisted form. See, my wireless isn't good. Okay, I'm back. Um, VASA liposuction. There's also laser liposuction, which is a bit confusing, which is stuff like smart, smart lipo, it's called. These are assisted forms of liposuction, and they have some kind of energy. VASA uses ultrasound energy. Laser uses laser energy. And they use another form of energy to heat up the fat cells before you suck it out with a liposucker. Um, they're good because you use much smaller cannulas because the liposuc- the fat is um, sort of liquefied before you suck it out. And also they say that you can get a degree of skin tightening with them. And so for areas like the tummy, that might be something you want to consider. If you're not a candidate for a tummy tuck, you might want to consider vasoliposuction liposuction or smart lipo, one of the laser types of liposuction. I don't do that sort of stuff. Um, I should do. Um, and, but at the moment, I don't do it. <laughs> Maybe one day I will do it, but at the moment I don't do it. But that might be something to look into if you're thinking of having... Um, liposuction to your tummy because it, they do say that they give some degree of um, skin tightening but what I would do is find someone who does it look for some before and after cases of their cases the problem is often you see cases in the literature and in, in their, um, in their uh, brochures and you see the same cases again and again and you think well you know if it's that good they should have loads of good cases so just make sure that people are showing you their, their cases and preferably recent cases just to make sure that it does work is liposuction recommended after a tummy tuck? Yes. Um, again, um, usually for the, the sides, the the, the 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 hips, the flanks. Um, if there is problem in the, uh, problems with the upper abdomen, then uh, you could do that after a tummy tuck. You would never do that. Well, I'll never say never. Um, try not to do. Um, try not to do liposuction to the upper abdomen at the time of the tummy tuck. You can do liposuction to the, to the sides at the time of a tummy tuck, but you can't, can't do it to the upper abdomen because of the blood supply. But certainly after a tummy tuck, if there are areas, bulges, fullness, then liposuction can be done. Um, their hips, yeah, perfect. Yeah, liposuction is good um, uh, for, for, the, uh, for the hips after a tummy tuck. Uh, again, weight, weight rears its ugly head. So you've got to make sure your weight's um, stable because sometimes if you can get your weight right, that can help the, the, that area. But certainly if, you've, if your weight's, um, if you're comfortable and stable with your weight and you've got resistant areas, then that, that's when liposuction comes in. Um, what's a realistic recovery time for tummy tuck? Uh, for busy bum? It's a big op, no question about it. Tummy tuck's a big operation. If you have a look at the amount of skin that gets removed, um, then, uh, then it, it is a big op. Um, uh, so you, you're you're in hospital for I'd say average two days, um, very rarely one day, sometimes three days, but uh, aim for two 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 nights in hospital. 
um, and then when you leave hospital, you'll be bent double, um, and you'll be, you know, you'll be walking around, you'll be pulling around the house, but you won't be doing a great deal. Depends on how old your children are. I normally say that people wait at least a year after having uh, a child uh, for a couple of reasons. One reason to see how much the skin is going to recoil, because it will recoil to a certain degree, so you have to let it recoil to that, uh, to as much as it's going to recoil. But the other thing, sometimes when the child's a year, if they're walking around, they might be a little bit easier to manage. But that might be something that you can think about with your um, timing with the tummy tuck. If the child's a little bit older, then it might be a little bit easier uh, to manage it because it is an issue managing children after a tummy tuck. Um, the first week, you're not going to be doing much. It's going to be quite uncomfortable. You're going to be walking over bent double. Uh, you have some dressings on. After that first week, the dressings come off. And then second week, you'll be feeling better, but you'll still be... You, you might not be walking straight. You still be a bit uncomfortable. You, if you've got children, you have to lift them. You have to do things, but it's going to be uncomfortable and it will make things swell. I normally say three or four weeks before you do anything too heavy with regards to lifting. But if you've got children, then you have to do those sorts of things. So I just say be ginger about it, and it probably will uh, delay your healing. But certainly, first one to two weeks, you'll really need a lot of help. After two weeks, you'll be getting back into things gently. Um, certainly after three to four weeks, you'll be starting to feel a bit better. But I would say that you'll be uncomfortable for six, maybe eight weeks. Um, and then you'll start feeling a bit more energetic and have a bit more um, uh, strength in your abdomen. It does knock you back. And I think it's something to think about if you if you have got just small children, which of course is a lot of people who need the surgery have got small children by, by definition. So... Um, I don't know how you're doing that heart thing across the screen. All that is, I have to, have to Google that afterwards. Um, so um, we've got a question coming in here. Well, came in earlier, actually. Um, Kaylee, checking breast lumps after surgery. Um, good question, checking breast lumps after surgery. A lot of people worry about having breast implants and breast getting a breast cancer how can you monitor for breast lumps oh my goodness breast when people have a breast cancer and you do a breast reconstruction you do a mastectomy and a breast reconstruction we will sometimes use a breast implant on the other breast um, if they want to have that other breast enhanced so there's no problem um there's no problem is that what it is okay there's no problem with having breast implants with regards to monitoring of cancer um, but I, I know that wasn't your question, but you know, just give me a better background. So the implant goes, goes either above or um, behind the muscle, but wherever it goes, it's behind the breast. So there's no breast tissue behind the implant. So there's no chance of getting a cancer that's going to be hidden un underneath the implant. So I, I think that's, I think that might be what some people worry about. So if you do get a breast cancer, um, you will be able to see it or feel it the same way, probably not see it, probably feel it, the same way that you would be whether, whether, you do, whether or not you've got breast implants. The um, issue comes with, um, so checking for breast lumps is the same with you, if you've got an implant or whether you've not got an implant. And there's a certain way of doing it. You should be relaxed, ideally around sort of 45, I mean, just check anywhere you, you want or anywhere you can in the shower or whatever. But if you're going to do it properly, uh, a 45 degree angle um, uh, in a relaxed posture, check your breast. If you want to be systematic about it, you can do it into quadrants. So mark your breast into four and just feel with the, the palm of your hand. Um, 
uh, each quadrant um, uh, with a flat palm of the hand, just feeling uh, for any, any lumps, uh, any lumpiness. The other thing you can do is to uh, tense the muscle, the pectoralis muscle. So put your hand uh, behind your head and feel again in the same uh, four quadrants and also feel behind the nipple. Uh, you can also, if you really want to, feel up in your armpit, feel for any lumps. The important thing when you're checking for breast lumps or when you're checking for anything really is to look for a change because when you first do it, it always feels lumpy. And um, so um, don't panic. Obviously, if there is something, go and get it checked out by your doctor. It's probably best to start checking after you've been checked out by your doctor because, oh, my goodness me, there's lumps all over the place because breasts can be lumpy. So, you know, just because you've got a breast lump doesn't mean you've got something bad, but you need to have it checked out. And then once it's checked out, then the trick is to check things regularly. And if you notice a change, so a change is the key for anything, really. And that's the same for um, uh, breast lumps. It's the same for moles. Um, you're really looking for a change. Um, the other thing about um, breast lumps with implants is that often when you do feel a lump or something, the doctor will often think, oh, is it the implant? So it's perfectly reasonable to go back to your surgeon. And if your surgeon's me, to come back to me so that I can tell you, actually, that's the implant you can feel there. Or, no, that's the breast tissue. Um, you know, that's you need to get that checked out um, because that's not the implant. So if you do feel a lump, it may well be the edge of the implant. Sometimes you can feel a ridge, a knuckle in the edge of the implant, um, which is nothing to worry about. Or it might worry you, so you might have to have something to done about that, but that's more of a cosmetic issue rather than a, a functional issue. Um, but uh, there's certainly no problem with checking the, uh, your breast. The only thing I would say about um, checking your breast is... Um, if you need a mammogram, you need to tell patient, uh, you need to tell the mammographer that you have got breast implants in because they have to do it a certain, they have to adjust the angle um, of which they do the mammogram um, because the implant um, will obscure some of the, the views, so they have to do it at a certain angle. But as I say, we do use breast implants for people who've got breast cancer who are having regular uh, uh, mammograms for their other breast and that they might have a breast implant. So there's no problem with it, but you just have to tell um, tell your your um, your uh, radiographer that you've got implants in. So <laughs> I think that's no, no. Yeah, a lot of people worry that it's under the that there's tissue under the. I think I think that's what people are worried about. Um, there is a study that says that people who've got breast implants and have got a lower risk of breast cancer. I don't think breast cancers are, I don't think implants will, will make you have a lower chance of having breast cancer. But what I think often is the case is people who have breast implants have smaller breasts, therefore there's less volume of breast to have a cancer in. So that might be why they've got a lower incidence of breast cancer. And the other thing sometimes people say is that the implant gives you a, a more stable um, platform to feel a lump against. Not sure about that because, you know, your ribcage is a pretty stable platform, platform as it is. But anyway, um, yeah, the, the, the breast implants will not hide a cancer. Um, breast implants will only push the breast forward. So what you feel, the first thing you feel when you feel the skin underneath your, your fingers is breast tissue first. And then deeper to that is the implant. So if you're going to feel the implant, you usually feel it around the edges. You wouldn't feel it around the nipple. You feel it around the edges. So that's where you can sometimes uh, feel lumps. So, yeah, great question. Thank you for that. And as I say, it's the same for moles. 
um, you know, always check your moles, look at your moles. If there's any moles um, that you're worried about, get them checked out. But once you've had them checked out, then really it's a change that you're looking for. When we used to look at people with melanoma, which is quite a bad type of skin cancer, we used to follow them up for years and years. We used to follow them up for 10 years, checking their moles every time they come to the clinic. You do clinics full of people coming back with their melanoma follow-up. But they've cut that right down now. And the reason they've cut that down is because they found that if someone had a recurrence of a melanoma, if, the, if, the, if a cancer came back, they would find it themselves. It, it very rarely was the doctor that found it. Or at least when they came to the clinic, they would say to the doctor, I'm a bit worried about this. So you know your body better than anyone. So you don't need to keep on coming back to the clinic. You only need to come back when you notice a change. Because most of the time, people, again, with a mole, they notice a change in the mole. So it's just something changes. I think that's the key. I mean, there are things with moles you look for, bleeding, itching, um, little blood vessels coming around it, changing colour, darker, lighter. So there are specific things you look for. But I think the take-home message is a change. If you notice a change uh, in your moles or in a breast lump, um, or anything, changing your bowel habit, you know, go and see your doctor. If things change, um, then that means, hold on a minute, I just need to get to it. It may not be anything bad. Same with the moles. It may not be anything bad. That's the other thing to say. Don't think, oh my goodness me, they said, if it changes, I've got to get it checked out. That doesn't, I'm not saying it, that means it's cancer. I'm just saying that means, okay, well, let's have a look why it's changed. Let's get it checked out. And the thing about moles is so easy often to remove them. Um, and then that gives you total peace of mind. But um, uh, but sometimes you say, look, that's actually fine. It's, it's, it's bled a little bit, but that's because it's been traumatised and uh, it's actually a benign, benign mole. So not necessarily need to worry about. But if you, um, if you um, notice a change, get it checked out. Kate, you're late. I think it's the, <laughs> I think it's the end because um, I'm signing off because I've done quite a long time here and I haven't been interrupted once and I don't know what's going on out there with my children and it's very quiet so I'm a bit worried about that um, so because my wife's out and I am supposed to be looking after them um, so I'd better go and check on the munchkins to check that it's not wrecked the rest of the house but anyway um, thank you <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thumbs up there. I'm sorry if I've done more thumbs up. I don't know if I can go and retrospectively do thumbs up. Yes, and you do too, Kate. We both need to have a... Well, not... <laughs> we don't put it anyway. Yeah. Um, good. Okay. So that was another successful Facebook Live. I'm going to do another one. I don't know if the evenings are better. I don't know. It seems that everyone wants evenings. Um, maybe try... Actually, it's been all right, actually, this evening. So maybe I will do it at home again. But we'll see how it gets. we get on. Uh, Monday evening is good for me. I might do it next Monday evening. I'll send out an email. I'll put something on the group about it. Thanks for participation. Uh, thank you all. Thanks for all for visiting and participating and putting the things across the screen, however you did that. Um, and I'm going to sign off now. And um, I will see you next time, which will probably be next week or tomorrow for some of you. All right, then. Bye.